this week's episode of the Starting Eleven podcast, the rise of Richie Larea, Toronto FC now officially winless in five, and should we be pressing the big red button on Greg Vanny? All that and more coming up right here on the Starting Eleven podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Starting Eleven Toronto FC edition. My name is Chengiz Khan and with me is Peter Robinson. Support local football. Hey. Good to hear that again. <laughs> oh, and, I'm so happy to be back. And we have one very sick Justin Barrow. I am dying, but I am still here. Go on, go on. Go, there it is. <laughs> you yeah, moved away I, from Mike. Trying to hold it. I was trying this, to hold it. This was such a, you know, like, it was so suspenseful. We didn't know what was going to happen there. I was trying to hold it. And um, yeah, it has been a hot second since we recorded a podcast. I mean, we did, we actually recorded one last week, but it ended up being so negative and so horrible and so utterly biased. And it's just generally just not a nice time that we were just like, you know what? We cannot, in good conscience, release this because it's just, you know, you, you you don't you don't want to be known as the the negative Nancys, right? Like we we love this team and we love this club and we don't want to be, um, we we don't want to just be negative. We're going to try and be as objective as we can be, and uh, we want to be analytical whilst everybody else is you know mouthing off on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. You know, Vanny out, you know, Bradley's overrated, you know, uh, the Raptors suck. No, they don't. But, you know, <laughs> you get the idea, you get the sentiment and that we don't want to be that podcast. Uh, but we do want to be the podcast that lets you know about weird, obscure facts. Oh. <laughs> Did you know that gender is a scam invented by bathroom <laughs> companies in the 1960s to sell more bathrooms? Gender? Gender? Gender's a so, scam. Male and female? Yes. All Think right. about it. Because <laughs> I'll, it the, I'll take it, man. Nowadays there's so companies, many, I don't even know. So. Every, every building <laughs> needs a bathroom. Every floor needs a bathroom. You think there's not some sort of inside inside trading shit going on over here? <laughs> now you're like, well, I think you guys need two bathrooms. One for the men and one for the women. <laughs> That's twice the price. <laughs> and now, and, 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 you know, if you, if you go on places like Reddit, where people argue for more than five, six thousand genders, they're all run by bathroom companies too. It's just more money it, in their pockets. I believe it. You, they're all going to need the bathrooms. What is it? Unilever, I think, that makes all those fucking. Unilever is an ad agency. Oh. <laughs> I would know because I just got paid by them this week. <laughs> Every time I go to like a public bathroom to like use a urinal, it always says Unilever, and I'm like, all right, whatever, sure. Does it work? It's all that matters. It's an instruction, <laughs> Justin. There's one lever. Ah. Because oh. <laughs> because people like you were getting confused. Yeah. Which one am I supposed to press? Which one do I pull? I already <laughs> pulled one of them. It didn't flush. <laughs> a lot of Pull water came out of one. this one. <laughs> okay, shall we? Shall we talk about football? Let's let's move on. I guess so. If okay. we have to, 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I was I was hoping that that week off was going to give TFC a chance to give us some positives, but we'll, right. we'll see. Well, there were no positives because pause well was uh, suspended. Ooh. Hey, we are 22 episodes in. You are not allowed to make those jokes. You gave me shit. I'm giving you shit. <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't really a joke. It was just a, it was just a play on, on, on letters and... Okay, whatever. Uh, so, Toronto FC, with their recent loss against... Against San Jose. Against San, San Jose. Jose. Well done, uh, well, class. Let's be honest. It wasn't San Jose. It was TFC lost to Wondolowski. That's what happened. TFC lost to San Jose. <laughs> and um, that makes us winless in five. Oh. Four losses and one draw. We have a grand total of two goals scored and nine conceded we're up to 22 conceded for the season we have a goal difference of exactly plus one not good at all for toronto fc this is just this is becoming really hard to take hard to watch even because we were 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 unbeaten in the first four games five games or something like that yeah and now it's all come crashing down around us Uh, now to be fair we were on this podcast we did say you know, we, we have to temper our expectations. I wasn't expecting to temper it this much, though. Uh, I want to be the optimistic podcast, so we scored a goal. Yay! <laughs> a singular it was, goal. It was a beautiful goal by Richie Larea. Yes. Um, and we are, we're going to talk about Richie Larea in more detail in part two. But for now... We got to talk about the streak, guys. This is not this is not what we should be expecting. This is not something that we can be happy about. So I want to say something because so this happened last year. And the one thing I heard constantly over and over again was don't press the panic button just yet. And I didn't I I agreed at the time, but I, I don't like that because I feel like now is the time to press the panic button in the sense that we're now on a really bad slide. We're getting into the the meaty part of the season where um, securing your spot in the table is going to be vital. Um, and I feel like last year what happened was we continuously said, don't press the panic buttons, don't press the panic button. And then it got to a point where it was one game. If you lose one more game, you're out. Uh, and we just we didn't press the panic button and we ended up, um, you know, not making the playoffs. So I feel like people were just so like, oh, hold on, it's going to turn around. And nobody really saw that we were in, in trouble. So, and I feel- so, so what? So the panic button is what? Just a general awareness thing? Like, hey, shit's not going as well as we hoped it would? Or is I it like wholesale changes? Like wholesale big changes. I feel like yeah. it's it's time. Last year, you know, it was like, give it time. Give, give, it, give it a chance yeah. to grow. Vanny just won work. the cup. Yeah, cetera, and I feel like now it's time to sort of realize that it's not working and that we need to make some serious wholesale changes, whether that's management, whether that's um, the coach, whether it's it's big-name players. We, we got to do something. And that's exactly what the panic button is, right? So the hitting the panic button for TFC is fire the coach, you know, give Ali Curtis the right act and tell him that he needs to start actually bringing in quality. You brought in Terrence Boyd, and obviously, like we have our opinions on Terrence Boyd. He might be a great goalkeeper one day. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have to be realistic, okay? Transfer windows closed. There's no real opportunity for them to bring someone in unless it's a free agent, and of course, yeah. free agency doesn't happen. Well, at least like contracts aren't up in Europe until June 30th, well, July 1st. So most of them. 
Um, well, so, I mean, like we do have the end of the uh, the normal seasons in England and in Europe, and especially, and there's a lot of talk of players being let go from contracts. And I think the most high profile one that I can think of is Andy Carroll from West Ham. He was let go this week. But he's the perfect MLS striker. Well, he'd get just as much. He, he, they, him and Altidore could, could rotate being injured. It'd be great. He's that like, way we'd always have one fit, really good striker. <laughs> he's like the king of shithousery in the box. And yeah. he's he's big and he gets his head to a lot of balls. So I feel and like he, he would be good for... Does he get his head to some balls? <laughs> hey, only on Friday nights. Yes, Friday nights in Liverpool. I don't know what happens there, but eight minutes and eighteen seconds of recording. We've already gone there. Excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah, so free agency is something we can definitely start to consider. Now, the thing is, if you if you if you sign somebody right now. You're saying, especially in the forward line, you're sending a very, very big statement out to the players that are already there that this is, you're not doing your job well, okay? Which, sure, that's what should be said. But then to say, we're going to sign your replacement when not even half the season's gone, I mean, that would affect team morale, wouldn't it? I mean, it could could hurt it, but it could also help it. Because now you're bringing in reinforcements. And I think mm. the, the strikers that you have aren't getting it done. Akinola has, what, one or two goals on his on the season. Hamilton has two goals, three goals. A handful, yeah. But, See, I like Akinola. I think he's got a lot of technique, but he is 18. He's very, very raw. Well, exactly. He's not, he's not someone you should be relying on that much. He needs to develop. You know, the under-20 championship would be great for him. Even spells at TFC2 would be great for him. I think, you know, even a year in the CPL would be fine. But the problem is, is that Hamilton is not being, I mean, I don't know. What, I don't want to say Hamilton's bad, but I, I, one thing's for sure, he's not being used right. I think him and Pizzuolo don't really mesh well together. He, Hamilton doesn't make the intelligent runs that Pizzuolo is used to supplying to in Belgium. Like I think we and can all agree on that. Yeah. Terence Boyd is the same way. I think Terence Boyd, you know, at, at least he has a couple shots on net this season, I think. So, you know, optimism. We're trying to be optimistic today. So he, he somehow knows how to find the net but maybe one day he'll find the back of the net as opposed to the goalkeeper's <laughs> hands but you know we'll see what happens um i'm trying to be optimistic here okay uh it's, but it's no, very realistically, forced and we can tell <laughs> realistically our biggest issue right now is the forward line and the center backs and I, so every I, so every so the two most important <laughs> Well, exactly. Our entire, our entire problem is the spine of this goddamn team. Well, exactly. You know, you're not getting the the goals. Yeah. Now that Josie's back, hopefully, hopefully he starts to score again with Pizzuolo, But we'll see. But there's something wrong on the back line. I don't even. I don't know if they need to go to five at the back, but Vanny needs to try something in order let's to keep do what the goals. City did. Let's do. Let's do what City did at the end of the uh, Leicester game. Play seven two one. I think I still think we'd get scored on because yeah, you're probably. not getting the communication between Simon and Mavinga and more. And I want to move that on to Justin, who yes. advocated for Drew Moore coming back in and being not necessarily savior, but a big improvement in defense with the San Jose game. Same problems. I think he had concrete shoes on. 
Yeah, the you could definitely tell that it was um, he was very slow there that game. Uh, I I have to say that both goals were I would say more on Ash and Morgan than than Drew Moore, sure. um, but uh, it was just one of those situations where I think the frustrating part about it was that both Wondolowski's goals were scored the exact same way. Mm-hmm. They were literally like twin goals, and that that was on you know it was on all of the defense, but it just felt like they were asleep that night. Um, and even just being at the game, like, you know, there was the lineup felt sparse. Um, the players seemed slow. They, it seemed to sort of be uh, the first five, maybe eight minutes. They kind of seemed to have the jets on and it just sort of slowed right down. Um, the only really bright light of that game, I think, was was Richie Larea, who who really showed that he, you know, he wants to fight for his spot on this team. And I think he should get more playing time. Absolutely. I mean, I when was the first time when was his debut his debut is probably game week two or game week three i think his and, first game was against chicago yeah and he came on for uh oro who went off yes. with a with a tight hamstring or tight yes. something uh muscle injury and he was remarkably composed and he's one of those one of those um players that's just so tidy and and good with his feet and good with his general composure he's not ever going to get the praise that he probably deserves because this the the fan culture around this league is more attracted to the Pozuelos and the Davavias and the Pirlos and the names right it's not necessarily about appreciating good football which is what I think Larea brings to the team he has that quality about him he has the intelligence he has the 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 right temperament to kind of be at that top level even if the rest of the team are not matching that and even if his goal was a bit scrappy it was extremely well taken it was well taken. He he made a, a couple great uh, runs into the box where you know he just kept control of the ball. Uh, you know his dribbling skills were were on fire. He was you know he he megged uh, one of the he megged one of the San Jose defenders and and you know he really kind of got the crowd into it. it. It felt like every time he was on the ball, he he was dangerous. It just uh, the angles that he was coming from, he just didn't seem to have anybody in the box to to sort of feed it to. Uh, Altador yeah. kind of felt um, flat on the night. He he was sort of non-existent. There was. A, a time at the game where I was watching where I actually forgot he was on the pitch um, mm. because he just and, and I understand that he didn't he wasn't being fed the balls I mean when you have De Leon playing as a forward um, you know there <laughs> that just kind of goes to show you uh, but he just wasn't being you know given the balls that he needed um, to, to sort of make the impact that he can but yeah he he just sort of felt non-existent on the night and so uh, Richie Larea seemed to sort of be the one that was sort of bringing the spark and mm. and really kind of getting it uh, getting the crowd into it and getting the team sort of that fire that they needed it just wasn't enough in the end Peter it's a it's it's a little worrying that we're relying on Richie Larea for creativity in the absence of Pozuelo isn't it well yeah I mean little known fact in university Richie Larea actually was a number 10 so oh, okay he does have the feet he does have the foot skill he transferred um to to the midfield and the defense obviously a bit later in his career we should mm. say but he's not that old he's what 23 24 years old plus he's he's a good Canadian kid if we're gonna <laughs> say it like Don Jerry um but it's to me it's it is worrying because we do have the depth in TFC2 we do have the depth in the academy to try out some of these kids and bring them yep. up and see what happens but unfortunately it just seems that Vanny's been given a squad and said, here you go. Make, uh, you know, you need you need to make something out of this. And he doesn't seem to be able to do it right now. I don't know whether it's he's not, 
he's not getting the leadership on the field or he's not providing that leadership or his coaching staff a, isn't providing that leadership, but something is missing. It's a bit it's a bit hard to be saying, you know, rely on TFC two or bring up people from TFC two when TFC one can't even do the business. Well, I think you know? that they have if if they've already identified that this season they're saying don't press the panic button, but at some point you have to press that panic button. And I think mm. that the the next logical step, if we're having issues bringing people in from Europe or bringing people in from South America, the next logical step is to play the kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, start like Shuffleberg looked really good uh, when he played in Champions League. You know, why not give him a couple runs and, and see how it goes? I mean, with the way that the season's going, I mean, it, it can't really do any harm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're already winless in five, so why not you know why not throw him out there and get, give him a run give him you know 40 minutes 50 minutes 60 minutes to see what he can do and then uh, or even bring him on you know in the last 40 and, and see if uh, he can bring some fresh legs for you you know if he can come on and and be that spark that you need that youth right and it seems like it would seem like Vanny's definitely thinking about doing something like that, doing some sort of an internal shakeup because both him and Moore after the San Jose game had the exact same talk, talking point, which is about execution. You know, we're, we're 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 making chances, which is true; they are making chances, but they're not putting them away. Okay, fair enough. It's it's an execution problem. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes there are nights that it just doesn't click. You know, the DC United game, thirty six shots. 13 on target, no incision whatsoever. Probably the most frustrating game I've seen in, in recent memory. Um, but one-offs aside, when something becomes a trend, when something becomes a pattern, and we were looking at two goals from five games, you know, and one of them was a free kick. Yeah. So yeah. So re- really, it's one goal from, from, from five games. And... When you look at the way TFC play, they're definitely under instruction to stretch the players thin. They're trying to create, engineer these gaps rather than actually just putting pressure on. When you get, like with TFC, if they don't score early, and there's no sign that, that, that they have that ability right now. If they don't score early, the opposition team can just be like, oh, they're just going to ping it around. We just have to stay still and keep our shape and not get drawn into silly challenges. It's just, it, you know, at that point, it's not about execution. It's about the tactics. So as much as some fresh blood might be able to inject some life into the team and inject some life into the to the way that TFC play, if they're under the same directions, then surely that's not really the answer, is it? Well, this is the issue right now, is that TFC doesn't have the pace or the wingers or anything like that in order to be a counterattacking squad. Yeah, like, let's be real. We're a possession squad, and if we don't have possession, we we don't have the speed to attack on the wings. We don't have the speed to hit someone on the break because mm. you play it through and on a, on a on a counterattack, and who's chasing after it? You've got Nick Daly on who. Let's he's not be fast. Honest, he's not he's, fast. He's, he's spirited though. He, he is will spirited. chase. You got Jordan Hamilton. He's not fast, but again, he's the same thing. He is spirited if a little mm. bit misguided. Um, then you've got Akinola, who is a little bit quick, but he doesn't play. You've got mm. Josie, where if he gets into a full tilt sprint, he's going to pull a hammy and be out for another <laughs> four weeks. So really... But like, also he's more of that target man. He's not necessarily counterattacking uh, teams center forward, you know? Well, exactly. And really, what, what does that leave you with? You know, it makes it very difficult to be a counterattacking squad and change how you're playing if you don't have the personnel to do that. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, this team was built to be a possession hog, to have 60% possession a match, um, to, to ping around 900 passes, 800 passes a match. That's what they're built for. But without that speed, you're one-dimensional. And teams have learned that all they have to do is park the bus into their own 18. And guess what? We don't have the quality of crosses um, in order to ping them, them through. And we don't have, like, Bradley isn't going to hit a screamer. Delgado isn't going to hit a screamer. Rosario isn't going to hit a screamer. They're not even trying to hit screamers. That's the other and, thing, And that's too. the issue, right? Like, you're getting to a point where your team is so one-dimensional that if you don't have that incisive pass that puts a player through inside the 18, you're not scoring a goal. We're not scoring off crosses or we're, we're having to try to get a free kick outside the box so Pozzuolo can score when he actually plays. But I mean, like, it, it's just getting frustrating to watch. Yeah, it's it, it's and I think the other thing too on top of that is like there's a lack of consistency. Like it feels like every game we're 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 playing the same formation, but we're we're switching up where we're putting players and and we're putting players out of their their natural positions, and it, it just feels very um, it feels very amateur. Like it it just feels like we're not. Um, we're, we don't really know, and I, I said this last 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 time on the pod that it just feels like we don't really know what our identity is. Like we don't really know what kind of team we want to be, um, because the team that we're built to be, like like Peter was saying, we're not playing like it. And so it's one of those situations where it's like, then like who are we? Like who is Toronto FC? And, and what uh, what kind of team do they want to be? Because they're not they're not really. Um, subscribing to an identity they're kind of just all over the place it just feels very uh, discombobulated yeah yeah i mean for for vanny to blame the execution is really he, he needs to sort of <laughs> check himself before he starts blaming the execution on the actual field because he's not setting the team up to be uh, attacking he's setting the team up to be a possession team and then we're getting yep. beat on the break so it's 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 a very roundabout way of saying uh, I was let down by my players. Yeah, exactly. Because that's he's, what you're saying. He is. He's blaming the players. And and to an extent, I get it. You know, Hamilton does make some stupid decisions. Um, Dillion, I feel like he's just doing his best. You know, Ashton Morgan is. You know, he's he's been a long way away from the first eleven. You know, he's only coming into this, the 11 now. So I don't blame him for not being up to speed. But if he's not up to speed, if he can't slot right in without any issues, then something's going wrong in training. Yeah. You know, you that's that's the whole point of, of the bench is you should have people, okay, maybe not the best quality, but at least they'll all be on the same page. And if there's a problem in execution, that's fundamentally a problem of tactics and training. So... The the it, to me, hearing those quotes from from uh, from Vanny and then subsequently by Drew Moore, who is almost certainly under instruction to say, you know, let's let's stop messing up, let's concede less goals. Okay, all very well saying that, Mister Moore, but the 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 fact of the matter is, your coach hasn't improved this defense. Our goal difference is plus one right now. We've scored conceded nine in the last five. The big red button, the panic button, is Vanny out. It's it should be pressed. So by now it should be pressed, or at least talked about being pressed. I mean, you know, and 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 it, it shouldn't. And the thing is, this is a problem about saying Vanny out is because there was a lot of hysteria last year. 
there was a lot of let's say distasteful conversation and the way people express their feelings which i get it you know new franchise new team new football culture it's it's hard to put your feelings into words if you don't have a history of going through the process right it's like your first breakup you're terrible at it but as time goes on and as you be develop into a heartbreaker because you know you're just that ravishing um <laughs> that that you attract people that you need to break their hearts i don't know where i'm going with this anyways um the the, the my point is, is that the more you experience the, the lows of football the more you're able to articulate yourself better so i feel like when we have this discussion about vanny out we need to do it with, with facts not feelings and we need to do it in a way that you know people can't can't protest anymore you know people want to bring up mls cup this and that and bono was great and all the rest of it two years ago yeah Exactly. It's two years ago. It's in the past. Right. Yeah. It's in the past. We have to think yeah. about right now. Just stop dwelling on it. Yeah. yeah. Right now, the team is bad. They're they're not getting the coaching that they need. And obviously, the rumor came out the other day that uh, Robin Fraser, who's a TFC mm. assistant, is being courted to be the uh, Rapids head coach. Yeah. So I mean, if we have, <laughs> if we have an MLS head coach caliber assistant coach and our head coach isn't doing the job why aren't we why aren't we taking that step and trying robin fraser instead of letting him walk to colorado it's a very good question it just seems like but in fair in fairness colorado is dead lost eight points 13 games well i get that but you need you need a different voice you also yeah. need someone who's not afraid to kind of say, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And it just seems like Vanny isn't that guy. Vanny's like, he this is my nephew. Right he's going to play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he hasn't played nephew, and he didn't play nephew against San Jose. Um, but here's the thing. There's something giving needs him a to break. change, but... Got to give but your best Vanny, players a break every now and again. That's, that's true. That's true. Perhaps perhaps nephew could benefit with a quick trip to the Bahamas whilst we're at it. Um, but, you know, Vanny always has an answer for the press, for his players, for everybody. And I feel like it, it would seem that he's the kind of person who can just kind of talk his way into saying because it, it it's very hard to see how he's kept his job. Well, it's because he's, he's, he says the right things. Um, and I think now you also have Ali Curtis coming in, who's, you know, a new GM. Um, and so I feel like he doesn't want to stir the pot too much. Uh, I feel like, you know, if Bez was still here, you might have seen that button pulled already. Uh, but I feel like now Curtis is probably kind of sitting on it uh, and trying to see if maybe, uh, you know, they can improve the personnel. I know that there was there was a lot of talk about who they were um, going to, to bring in as a on top of Pozzuolo, um, which Never didn't happen. Yeah. And so I wonder if he's waiting for the next transfer window or, or what sort of, but something's got to change. And I feel like Vanny is the uh, most realistic option right now that has to go. He just, it's not working and the players just don't seem to have confidence in his style of play or his tactics anymore. Well, I just wonder how much Ali Curtis has been brought in to, is he just somebody to oil the cogs of the machine or is he somebody who's, there to say no we need to make the cogs better that's something i i question because if it is about keeping the machine turning over keeping the the revenue sales coming by the way tfc jersey 150 dollars what the hell yeah. Yeah. um you know just 
then firing Vanny would be the worst thing in the world. You know, you, you you upset the balance, you upset the sponsors, you upset everything related to the to the club's operation at that point. But also, if you're Ali Curtis, you'll lose the sponsors anyways. You'll lose the season ticket holders because if you keep putting out dire football like this, you know, the, the last five now looks bad, like actively bad. You look at last five graphics on screens, on, on websites, it's just red, 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 red. So, you know, I get it. It's only five games, but we're also midway into the season and we are hanging on to the last playoff place by nothing like what gold difference or something because we're we're level on points with um one second we're we're level on points with chicago oh you know why we why we have uh why we're holding on to seven this because we have more wins that's it oh i don't even know what to say like that's that's literally it because we played 13 one five drawn two lost six chicago played 14 won four, drawn five, lost five. And their goal difference is actually better than us by two. So we're, we're, we've held on, we're holding it to seventh place just because of our start to the season. My So my issue with Ali Curtis is that even when he came in, listening, him t- listening to him speak about what he wants to do with the squad and where he sees us going and where he sees our transfer activity being, he didn't instill confidence in you. When Bezpachenko came in, he said, we're going to get some of the best players in the world. We are going to get a, some He of was the- a polarizing figure. Uh, Bezpachenko. At least he had the balls to say, this is what we're going to try to do. Ali Curtis doesn't seem yeah. to be that guy. He seems to be like, well, I'm going to tow the Bill Manning line and hope that, you know, he doesn't fire me. Yeah, that's, I th- still, that's. I feel that's a little unfair because GMs have different. We 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 judge GMs on different metrics. I think we can only say how good or bad Ali Curtis has been after one season. It's a bit early to 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 kind of pull that that trigger, but something has to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think that Ali Curtis is the one that needs to go right now. I mean, he like you said, Cengiz, he's fresh, he's new. Uh, but I think that you know eyes need to start looking towards Greg Vanny. Uh, and the tactics that he's employing because it's they're not working. It's not necessarily that Curtis needs to go. It's that I don't have any confidence that he can turn this team around. That's my again. issue. Yeah, again, like he's had like half a transfer window, and it's only recently starting to really come out, you know, come undone at the seams. So, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, I don't think Curtis is the problem. But I think we're all in agreement that Vanny's time's up. Yeah, I I agree. Any out. Yeah. Yep, that's how we're going to end part one for the Starting Eleven Podcast TFC edition. Coming up on part two, we're going to talk about some of the. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the seasons of the personnel that we have, as well as going a little bit more in depth about Richie Larea ahead of Vancouver's the game against Vancouver on Friday. All that and more coming up right here on the Starting Eleven Podcast. Before we kick on, a quick word from our sponsor, Fanatics. Anytime you're looking for your next best piece of soccer merch or sports collectibles, you can help support the Starting Eleven podcast by shopping with Fanatics at xipodcast.com forward slash Fanatics. 
Visiting their shop through our link helps you support your favorite team while supporting our continued efforts to bring you in-depth sports podcasts and content. There's no added cost to you, but we get a commission out of it. So help us help you. Pretty please. Fanatics. Officially licensed everything. Now, let's get back to it. Welcome back to part two of the Starting Eleven TFC edition. And we're going to talk about some personnel. We're going to talk about our FIFA squads. Who are we going to pick in our lineups? We're we going to trade. Uh, how broken Ultimate Team is. Oh, this and is like Andre's favorite whether, subject. And whether or not esports can be considered real sports. No, we're, we've not become a pop culture podcast. We've become a Toronto FC co- podcast where we will talk at length about the players that we do have. I think I think it's fair to say now, you know, um, we are starting to reach the midpoint of the season. We're mm-hmm. starting to we're starting to get an idea of the squad. Um, even though it hasn't really changed much from last year, we're starting to see how the cogs fit now a little bit, a little bit better, and we can really start to think about who we're gonna who we want to stay on, like because we have a transfer window coming up, and and it's important that we talk about the out, any potential outgoings as well as incomings, because surely they can't all stay on. So I'm pulling up the squad right now, and we're gonna talk about. Well, it. I'm just I'm just gonna go off the last game, the San Jose game. Well, first things first, we gotta keep Terrence Boyd. Okay, number one, do not let that guy go for any yeah. amount of money. Oh. Uh, I'm, being, I'm being very sarcastic right now. No, they, they, could, they could say, here you go, here's Carlos Vela, and I'm going to be like, nah, I want Terrence Boyd. That's right, yeah, the, the budget Altador, as they call him, but <laughs> let's, let's carry on. All right, so I'm not go- we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the players we agree on, that, that we like, but more on sort of the people that we're perhaps a little bit hesitant about, a little bit unsure about, somebody who could, may or may not be replaced. So let's start at the back with the goalkeeper, Westberg. What do we think so far? I like Westberg. Peter, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I like Westberg. Um, I think that he is a very, he's a decent goalkeeper. Let's put it that way. He's not a very good goalkeeper. He's a decent goalkeeper. He's passable. Um, as we, we talked about on pods past, um, great distribution. Um, seems to, uh, his shot stopping is decent. I'd say he's about average when it comes to shot stopping. It's his distribution that makes him valuable. Um, but realistically, he's expendable because of his age as well. Um, I was so just going to say, I think being decent, being a decent keeper is actually above average in MLS because the vast majority of them are crap, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing I like most about Westberg is his distribution. I think his distribution is top class. Mm-hmm. But um, it, shop stopping wise, I don't think he's been tested quite enough to make a judgment on that because every single one of the goals, have, you know, it's out of his hands for the most part because of our defense. Justin. And against Orlando, he uh, he did make some huge saves and did show that he does have some some good um, shot stopping ability. Uh, yeah. I do think that he's a he's a decent keeper. I don't think he's you know world class by MLS standards. Excellent. All right. Let's, so we all agree on Westbrook. So let's move on to the back line. Uh, we'll start with Oro, who's sort of had a stop start season. He's been more injured than not, but when he does play. He's not exactly accentuating the the quality of the back line. Uh, he's he's fast. He gets up the wings, but is he a liability? Which is the real question. 
Uh, so, I mean, injury-wise, I think he is a liability. Uh, I mean, you you saw what happened against Portland where, you know, he he was, he was hurt his back. He immediately walked off the pitch. Um, and uh, Portland went up the the. Portland went up the field and scored. Um, and then we even saw it in uh, this this past game against San Jose. Uh, you know, he just kind of ran to the ball, got it, and immediately was calling for a sub. You know, he felt there was it's the same some place as well. Yeah, yeah it's like it seems, the same hamstring. He seems to have he this seems recurring to be, issue. Yeah, and so I, I feel like you know I do like him uh, as like a wing back. I think that he uh, he he's great on the ball. He has great dribbling skills. Um, his his crossing could be better. Um, but I think he reminds me a little bit of like a Justin Morrow um in that in that regard but i'm not i don't think i think that we could find somebody better to come in and and sort of fill that spot who could be a little bit more reliable and uh, maybe a little bit less injury prone sure we'll talk about morrow in a second now let's talk about his seemingly replacement because i think morrow has now been promoted to uh makeshift left winger uh ashton morgan let's talk about the three of them like more mavinga and morgan the, the last three of that that four Peter, you want to start? Yeah, uh, Drew Moore. I think his age is starting to get to him. Um, realistically, I think this is this should be his last season with the team. Um, Mavinga, he's decently athletic, but I know uh, he does tend to rely on that a bit too much. His positioning isn't that great. I think he relies on his athleticism a bit too much. Um, and Moro, you know, Moro is probably he's probably one of the best wing backs that we've had um as a franchise i think um with the way that he gets forward he scores he creates plays he's great on the overlap gets a decent amount of assists i've never actually seen morrow be directly responsible for a goal this season not this season but last season and the season before our our title winning season is really good um i think there's just a there's a lack of cohesiveness with this squad and i think he's suffering because of that Sure, and I think I think Mavinga, as much as I've slated him on this podcast, he's our best centre back. So yeah. it doesn't make any sense to get rid of him. No, but Drew Moore, you know, I I don't want him in this eleven. I'm sorry, no. as much as as is, he's been a great servant for the club, and he's done some great things with us. But I think, yeah, his his age, his his wooden feet, you know, just. No, and if Ashton Morgan is going to fill in Morrow's space, so Morrow can be a left mid or a left winger, then. He needs to be he needs to be integrated in training somehow because he just looks off the pace. I don't know if he's been carrying an injury or if he's just not good enough. But at one point, he used to be challenging Morrow week in week out for that left back position. Yeah, and I mean it's hard with Ashton Morgan because look, he's the longest serving player in club history. Uh, you know, he 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 lives and breathes for this team. Um, but you know he's never really cracked the starting eleven on a consistent basis uh, in his tenure at TFC, and so I feel like it's one of those situations where you know there's a reason for that, uh, and I, I think that he's a he's a great player that you can bring in. Uh, you know he's a homegrown player, uh, and he's somebody that you can kind of bring in and to to fill in when you do have injuries and gaps like we do right now. Um, but I I just I don't think that. Um, that he's like a vital piece to this club. I mean, mm. obviously for the fan base, like, you know, he's, he's beloved because he's been here for so long. Um, but I just don't think quality wise, uh, I think he's expendable in that sense. Um, 
in regards to Mavinga, I agree with you that I, I think he is our best center back. And uh, my only complaint about Mavinga is that I think he's a bit more of an individualist when he plays. Uh, he plays m- more individually than than as a cohesive yeah. group with his back line. And that's where you see a lot of the problems, right? Like you said, he relies on his athleticism, um, but he doesn't really... Um, communicate or connect with the rest of his back line yeah. and so if you know he ends up making uh, an error in judgment there's nobody really there to, to sort of help recover um yeah. and so that's sort of my one gripe but i do think that he has been our best center back uh, and i think that he needs to stay i don't think he's the problem uh no. and i as much as i do love drew Moore, and i think that he was um a crucial piece to our back line for a while i mean since he's been on the team uh and i i do think that he is the best communicator out there i do think that he is the one who who organizes the back line the best uh, i think his age is getting to him and because he's been so inconsistent these last two years with all of the injuries and in and out of the squad i think that you're really starting to see that quality dip um and so i i think that like peter said this should be his last season with the club for that reason all right, let's move on to the midfield. Um, against San Jose, we saw Liam Frazier, Nick DeLeon, and Marky Delgado in the midfield in the light of injuries to Bradley and Osorio, but they're not the regular midfield, so I want to talk about this in as if Bradley, Osorio, and Delgado are, are, were the three. Um, Bradley stays, I think. Uh, he's still got a lot, of, lot to give to the club. He's still... The best player in in our midfield. He's our best midfielder by far. Um, Azorio, Azorio's he's tidy, but he's not a world beater, and he does often either try too hard or go completely missing. Delgado, I don't know how to quantify this boy. I, is he a box to box? Is he a DM? He has no technique. We know this, and yet he gets himself in positions and tries to create plays like he does. So what's going on there? Uh, for me, Marky Delgado is, he's like the, I don't even know how to explain him. He's probably one of the most frustrating footballers I've ever watched, um, because he's not that technically sound. He's not physically strong. He's not fast. He doesn't have a good shot. He's not able to win headers as we saw in the San Jose match. He had that opportunity for a header inside the box and missed the net. Um, He's almost like this big giant question mark as to how he is a starter week in and week out. Um, It really makes you wonder. Would you start Jay Chapman over him? Uh, or Liam Frazier or Nick DeLeon in his position? I think Liam Frazier, sh- he, he showed really well against San Jose. Um, I think that he should probably get a start with Bradley and see how that works. Um, uh, honestly, I think that Marky Delgado has been kind of... He's been holding on to Bradley's coattails for so long and kind of just hoping that Bradley's going to cover for him when he goes and does whatever he does. Yeah. Um that he's just been getting by. Whereas I think if we had a very technically sound Victor Vazquez type midfielder instead of Marky Delgado, we'd be scoring so many more goals than we are now. But he doesn't add anything. He doesn't add anything spectacular. So what about Nick DeLeon? He's a bit of a weird wild card. He's kind of been played everywhere. Right back, right wing, left wing, midfield against San Jose. Do you and the, and the thing is is like he's not spectacular at anything, but he's very solid at everything else. 
right? So you do need that kind of uh, a tradesman, that utility player. The James Milner. <laughs> the, the James Milner, yes. If I had to um, compare it to something. Yeah, it's it's a perfectly valid comparison. I think he could probably play goal if we asked him to. But, you know, you need your utility player to step up and contribute. And I don't think he has, aside from perhaps dyeing his hair red. Well, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type player. where you can He's like a half-jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, you can plug him into the starting 11 and say, okay, he's going to be industrious for... for you know, 75, 80 minutes that he's going to yeah. kind of fall off. But that's most players, I mean, are going to fall off at that time. But it True. just seems like, again, he's one of those players where he doesn't really add anything. He makes, you know, a couple hard tackles a game, a couple good crosses a game. But, I mean, if if I'm a defender and I'm covering Nick DeLeon, I'm not shaking in my boots. Yeah. Right. So right. he's he's not a he's not he's not a huge difference maker. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what TFC's missing. That's like if I'm covering Marky Delgado, I'm not shaking in my boots, you know. But I guess he'd, you'd have him starting over Delgado though, because he does bring that that drive. Of course, but realistically, if I'm if I'm the manager, I'm starting Noble Akello over Marky Delgado <laughs> because I think that he's a good 18 year old. He's a, he's a big body. I think him and Bradley would actually work really well together. Sure. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Uh, I think we're all agreed on the, the front line. We like Altador, but he can't be trusted. Uh, Hamilton, I think we all largely want him to stay because he does pop up with a few things, and he is an interesting option to change the shape of the team, but he shouldn't be starting. And no, then he's, Terrence, he's, a, he's a great sub. He's a great sub. Yeah, and then Terrence Boyd, uh, get rid ASAP, please. He's a, he's a moldy sandwich. Which, um. uh, <laughs> God. Um, which leads us to the final player that we did want to talk about at length is Richie Larea. And he started right mid for TFC, but he made his debut as a right back. And I think that's probably going to be his position moving forward if Oro can't stay fit, is right back. But he has so much composure. He has really good footwork. He has a nice shot at him. He's got the intelligence. He looks up. He almost always finds his man. Is there a case that he could actually be a surprise option in the midfield if we sign somebody defensive who can play on the right? I, I think for sure. I mean, he's look, first and foremost, he's he's a hometown boy. Uh, you know, he wasn't really given any chance in Orlando to, to show what he's made of. Um, and I feel like every time he's been given a chance here, he's taken it very well. Uh, yeah. I can't think of one game that we've talked about where he's played, where we've had any real complaints about him. I feel like it's all been very positive. Yeah. Um, I think that he reminds me a lot of Justin Morrow in the sense that uh, he's quick, uh, he's good on the wings, and uh, his his crossing is is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think that he would, he would fit really well into the midfield uh he he's quick he's gritty uh his control on the ball is 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 great his dribbling skills so i feel like he would really be able to work well with a an osorio in the sense that you know they can really kind of hold up the play while our team moves forward uh, and prepares for an attack and I, I think that that's where he would come in handy and as he showed you know he he doesn't have a bad shot he he can find the net and uh he can find his way to the net even at like ridiculous angles yeah. uh, and so I, I think that he's really sort of shown that he deserves more of a chance than he's been getting and I, I hope that you know Vanny sees that and I hope that he he starts to get the, the the minutes that he deserves I'm sorry did you just hope that Vanny would change what he does well we know he listens to the podcast so 
Well, oh, the that's why we've gone winless in five because we haven't made uploading. Ah, that's exactly why. Now God, it all makes okay. sense. Now it all makes sense. We are the reason why we're we're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> um, but no, Richie Larea in the midfield. Again, the biggest problem is who does who plays right back. We don't really have anybody who can play that, which leads me to the to the subs. Right, we got. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Jay Chaplin. We've got nephew. Does nephew stay at the club? Oh uh, no! If Vanny if Vanny goes, does nephew stay? No, it, I think if if Vanny goes, there's no reason to keep Zavaleta. He's been. It's proven that even through our championship winning season and the season after, that Nick Haglund was better than him. That's why. And Hassler. And Hassler was better. Hassler, oh my, that's the most frustrating thing that ever happened. (laughs) Trading Hassler for for John Baccaro, of all players. I mean, sure, it might have given you a little bit of salary relief or you might have gotten the international spot. But let's look at where the team is now. Now the team is crying out for a player like Nicholas Hassler. And we don't have him. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would have no, to pay an arm and a leg if we wanted to get him back. So I think the team should be kicking themselves right now. But regardless, nephew, if Vanny leaves, Has regardless if, if, if Vanny leaves or not, you know, hurt his feelings and let well, him he's go. Well, he's, 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 he's not going to go if Vanny stays. You know, like there's there's no way. I don't think he is because there's somehow he keeps making it into starting 11s and the bench. Um, here's an interesting one, though. Like I, I think I think Zavaleta is safe if, if Vanny is safe, and I think that's what it comes down to. But if Simon, I don't know. I I I wasn't a fan at the beginning. Uh, I feel like he has turned it around. I mean, now that he's injured, uh, it's kind of hard to say. It's been a couple of games. He's turned it around by being injured. Play. But um, I, I feel like there was a little bit of uh, there was a little bit there where we started to kind of see him, um, you know, rectifying some of those mistakes that he was making. Uh, he didn't he didn't look as nervous. Uh, and so, like I said, I want to give him a little bit more time. He's new. Uh, he's coming from Montreal. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's a change for him. It's a different formation. It's a different team. Uh, I, I want to give him some more time um, if he can stay fit. Um, but just to go back to Zavaleta, uh, from an objective standpoint, like as a TFC fan, n- get rid of him, please. And for, even from an objective standpoint, um, he just doesn't have any composure. Um, when he is on the pitch, it seems like it's constantly panic stations for him. Um, he, he seems to kind of just be all over the place and, and sort of racking his head about where he, he doesn't seem to have the calmness that you need to, to be a defender in this sport. Uh, he just sort of, you know, he makes irrational tackles sometimes. Uh, I mean, I'm looking back to Montreal last year where he came on the pitch and in the first 30 seconds pulled somebody out in the box. He, he just doesn't seem to sort of have his head about him. Um, and he, he seems to get flustered very easily. Um, and I, I just don't think that he's a player that has demonstrated any real quality um, since he's been here. Uh, and I do think that there is some nepotism at play. And that's not in a, in, a, in a petty way or in a bitter way. That's just the way that it looks because I just do not see any quality to him. There's no um, footballing reason why he should be on the pitch. No, no not at all. Not. And it's and and it, and it's frustrating as fans, uh, not just of the team but as of the sport, to to see a player like that getting minutes, you know, over uh, other players who I think you know have a little bit more composure, a little bit more um, drive than uh, Eric Zavaleta. All right. 
Um, last player I want to talk about before we preview Vancouver, Alex Bono. I think Westberg's Cut. gone in and he's claimed the number one spot, but does. But the thing is, Bono's not a bad second keeper. I mean, he's, we could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse, but at the same time, like, <laughs> let's let's be honest. A backup goalkeeper shouldn't be a making the amount of money that Bono's making, hmm. and it's true. B shit like why don't we use an academy kid as our backup keeper like so i don't understand so are you saying like get rid of bono and bring in you know caleb patterson sewell like you want to see what he's got i mean if if he's only going to play once every four games or once every five games or whatever rotation vanny has going why not try one of someone that is for the future like you know bono realistically isn't going to be your goalkeeper of the future. You've already shown that by playing Westberg for the past three games or four games or whatever and playing mm. Bono in realistically a throwaway game. I mean, we've had a lot of those in the past five, so um, realistically we could have played Bono in the past five. <laughs> it's true. And I uh, wouldn't have changed it. But, I mean, let's try something different. Like, I'm, I'm all for bigging up the academy, bigging up TSC2, and letting, like, Petruza who made it uh, USL team of the week, um, let him come up and have a couple games with, with the, the first team and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't see the point of keeping uh, Bono, who you've already kind of turned your back on. Yeah, it's 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 a good it's a good point, especially with the money that he's making. I don't think, unless he plays, there's no way MLSE can justify keeping him on the roster. So that might just be actually just a case of time. Now uh, he might get shipped off in the transfer window. But uh, yeah, that concludes our our roundup of the personnel. I think uh, could be better. I'd give the, I'd give the squad a solid C minus right now for everything that's gone on so far. Aww. It's still, this I was going to say C minus. There's still a lot, long way to go in the season yet, and we're not quite, you know, we're, we're, we're what? We're like two wins away from being back in the mix at the top of the table. So it's not completely all, you know, doom and gloom here. It's but not all I'm, lost. Not all lost, but we've got Vancouver to play now, and we have to go to them too. Vancouver are winless. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, they've got one win in their last <laughs> surprise, five. Surprise! They've won. They've won one. They've drawn. Sorry, no, I'm reading this wrong. They actually got two wins in the last five. They've won two, drawn two, lost one, and their loss came against Atlanta United. Um, they're not shy of scoring goals. They scored two, four, five, six goals in the last five years, which isn't great, but it's it's a lot better than us. Um, and they're actually got the same number of points as us, 17 points. They're won four, drawn five, lost six in the league, uh, which is similar to us. Um, geez, what, what do we do? <laughs> I'd replay football. <laughs> uh, do we, uh, okay, do we st- do three at the back? Uh, are we done with that? Because we played 4-1-4-1 against San Jose, and that was equally shite. Um, so what do we do? Honestly, like Vancouver's got a ton of pace. I think if we play three at the back, it's pretty obvious that we'll get ripped apart. Disaster. Um, yeah. Now with uh, with Freddie Montero back, they've got Jordi Reyna, they've got Felipe, Russell Tybert pulls the strings in midfield. Vancouver is a decent squad. Um, yeah. 
but they're not getting decent results. They're not getting. Though. They just don't have the execution, and they also play. And I think Thanks, uh, what Greg. I would consider to be a much harder. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're one of those teams that's just trying to to, to bring it together. I think um, Ali Adnan has played really well for Vancouver this season. Yes, um, yes, he has. So yes. I think that could be a player to watch this game. Um, he does get forward a lot from from the defense, so. Uh, I think he's gonna cause uh, it's gonna cause a lot of a lot of trouble and a lot of uh, headaches for for whoever plays left back. If Morgan's in left back or if Morrow's in left back, whoever plays left back is gonna get ripped apart. I think by Ali Adnan. So this is gonna be a game. I think of a four four two. Um, you know Bradley's got to stay tight to uh, to assuming a, he's fit. Of but, course, we're not sure how what the extent of the injury. Yeah, is. if he's if he's fit. He's got to stay tight to Tybert um, or Felipe. And then, you know, we have to hope that Mavinga can take down Freddie Montero and, and keep him quiet. I was going to say, with, that, with the pace that they do have, Justin, is there a case of starting Simon again with Mavinga? Uh, if he's feeling uh, fit, I, I think that that would be your better option. Um, I also think this is going to be a game we're going to see Alex Bono in net, um, especially if he is the backup keeper. Uh, yeah. Vanny has a habit of going to uh, the backup keeper for um, away games, especially in the West. Mm. Um, so I, I, I think we're going to see that. Um, Vancouver is a, is a weird team because they're going through a bit of a transition right now. You know, they got rid of their coach at the end of last season. Alfonso Davies left. Um, I feel like they're trying to kind of recreate themselves. Um, but, but they do have a lot of um, potential and, and they, they are, they can be dangerous. So I feel like we can't underestimate them. Uh, and I think that, you know, we have the disadvantage. We're traveling um, mm. across the country, uh, the time difference. And we're um, in shit form. Yeah. And we're in horrible form. And we have a lot of injuries that we're dealing with right now. We ha- we don't know, you know, if Asari will be back. We don't know if Bradley will be back. We don't know if Simon will be fit. Uh, and so well, Simon was on the bench last week. Um, so you'd have but to fit enough to play. Fit. Right. Yes. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to assume he, he plays. But if Nephew plays instead of Moore, we're, we're really screwed. Um, Larea is going to have to play right back because Oro is definitely not fit. Um, do you persist? Do you guys want to? Do you think we should persist with Ashton Morgan? Or should we revert back to type play, play uh, Morrow at left back? Uh, I think that this is going to be an Ashton Morgan game. Um, I think yeah. that if they play Bono, they play Morgan as well. Um, realistically, I think makes sense. Uh, I think that Morrow's probably going to play left mid in this game. Um, yeah, I think yeah. he's to give a bit of width. Yeah, pace. he's more suited for that role. Um, but I mean, again, you have to be really really careful about Vancouver's pace because they're a great attacking team. I think it's defensively where they kind of miss miss the mark a little bit. And I think that's from having, I hate to say it, but that's from having Daniil Henry as your top center back. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, there are two teams that really need a win. Um, Daniil Henry, that sounds awfully familiar. Oh, does it? Yeah, does it? yeah it's, it, sounds, it sounds a little familiar. <laughs> Who is he again? Oh, he used to play for some team in red, right? Yeah, West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like more maroon. But no, no, you're right. Um, it's it's uh, it's a tri- It's yeah, it's not going to be fun by any means. Um, but hey, Pozuelo back from suspension. Yes, with Altidore, anything can happen, right? Yeah, I guess that's the team. The theme yeah. of this season is anything can happen. You know, you go from winning. Or having a great start to the season to uh, you know winless in five. So, 
Well, I'm hoping to see just more of a fight. That's all I want. You know, obviously I want to win, but win or lose, if the team goes out there and they actually fight and put everything they have into the game, uh, I'm happy. You know what I mean? And and that's that's the whole thing about following a team and, and supporting a team is that so long as you're seeing them give everything that they have and 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 fighting, um, you know, then at least you can you can walk away from any match, regardless of the result, feeling good about yourselves. Uh, and that's so true. that's sort of what I'm looking for is just to see that Toronto FC is going to come out and put some fight back into their game and and sort of you know def- defend their crest, defend uh, fight for the, the 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 jersey that they wear. Yeah, predictions. Oh, I'm going to call this a two-two draw. Two-two draw. Okay. All right, I'm gonna be, oh, I'm gonna be pessimistic here. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm just not happy with the form right now. I'm gonna say a two-one Vancouver win. I'm gonna be even more pessimistic. I'm gonna say three-nil to Vancouver, because the issues that we do have can't be fixed with an away game. I agree, but I, I do think that we're with Pozzuolo back, and if Altador is fit, uh, I do think that we will have enough firepower to at least create chances. And I think that um, with you know Altador's um, accuracy, I, I think that they will get a goal. Mind you, factoring Bono starting, I feel like he's good for a mistake too, <laughs> which will lead to exactly. A goal. And that's why I and that's the reason that I chose a two-one victory for Vancouver. Mm. Well, here's hoping that the boys can stay fit and firing and and lead us to. A victory would be lovely, obviously. We'd all take a victory. But if anything, just go out there and, you know, acquit themselves very, very honorably and play for the shirt and play for for their manager because Lord knows he needs all the help that he can get right now. The rumors around... The, the discussion is picking up about whether or not Vanny is suited. And I think for, for Vanny's sake, he's got to perform. He's got to change something and he's got to come out with a result. But that is it for the starting 11 TFC edition. It has been a pessimistic one, but, uh, you know, our team is kind of hurting right now. So we're kind of hurting. So hurt with us on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast media. We are all about being open and honest with our mental health especially with regards to our favorite sports team toronto fc for myself i'm Chinggis khan and we have had we have been justin borrow pessimism with a dash of optimism okay let's let's go on an uphill here oh yeah the one <laughs> thank you right of course of course That's right <laughs> and we've also been peter robinson i mean asking people to hurt with us that's kind of like come on Let's all try to, uh, you know, be optimistic about this team that's horrible right now. See, I see. I don't understand this because you say support local football at the end of every podcast, and that's pretty much the same I thing. I know, I know. <laughs> I was at the CPL match though; and that was cool. The York Nine yeah. Forge game, I was supporting local football in that way. P.S. Go read my yeah. uh, written match review. Yeah, we do editorials yeah, now. We're go writing read, stuff. Go read stuff. We're not just talking. Can you imagine? Can you imagine actually reading something in 2019? Yeah, we're not chatting shit anymore. Now we're writing shit. <laughs> yeah. www.xipodcast.com Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.